Hey, good morning. I'm Dina Blizzard and you're watching One Funny Morning. Welcome to One Funny Morning Show. From Monday to Friday. And sometimes on Saturday. Why would you say that for all these people? You never know what's going to happen. Carmen. Cortez. Good morning, everybody. What's outside your weather door? Good morning. Uppy, uppy. Uppy, everybody. Uppy, uppy, uppy. Oh, you caught me clowning around just a little bit. Hi, I'm Kim from Texas, one of the Hardy sisters. Hardy sister number one, Pam, lives in California. She couldn't be here today, but, oh, here she is. And we're going to be meeting up in New York for the Let Me See Your Ball Drop. And now it's time for our always beautiful, sometimes on time, Dana Blizzard. That was the best, especially since I'm late. <laughs> And I love the appearance of your sister. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. You guys, let me just say this. On behalf of people who live in California, this show is on way too early in the morning. Uh, it looks like we're going to have to make a change <laughs> because those of us that live in California now, think that this is stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, good morning or evening, depending on where you're sitting. Um, <laughs> Nicole, why are you up? It literally says Nicole, 546 AM. It never says that. When I am live in real time, it just says 840-something. Um, I'm going to just say now that I'm not sure that I'm going to make any sense. Uh, because I'm still sleeping. <laughs> it's Tipsy Tuesday still. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> am I early for the morning show? Or am I just really late for Tipsy Tuesday? <laughs> I don't know. My voice is groggy. Everything. My vagina is groggy. Everything's groggy. Okay. My body is still asleep. Okay. And it's so funny because yesterday, or even when I was talking to Michelle about all these shows, Michelle's like, so you're not going to go live for the rest of the week. I was like, no, no, I'm done working on Tuesday. She's like, but it's going to be really early. I was like, Michelle, it's not a big deal. I'll just work from Friday all the way through to Tuesday, nonstop. And then I'll start my vacation and then I'll just do the morning show. And she was like, okay. And literally last night we finished dining with Dina and I was like, whew, I am done. I can relax now. No big deal. No more work. Nothing too hard to do. And then I was like, who said I was getting up at 5.30 in the morning? Stupid. But it's so funny because honestly, like 20 minutes before the show, 
I was doing like hard sleeping because my bo- I'm my body's tired, but my mind is wide awake because it thinks it's eight thirty in the morning. It's just so funny. I know I forgot the sleeping part. <laughs> yeah, no big deal, Tanya. No big deal. Um, and so it is uh, still dark here, but I ha- I did try to position myself so that you're going to see the beautiful. There's a mountain behind me, behind this beautiful safari behind me, desert safari. There's a giant mountain, and I hope you get to see it. I don't know if, when the sun rises here. I've never seen it. So maybe in Santa Monica. I was trying to think if dark but cooler. Julie, can I tell you, people shouldn't live here. God did not want this. Because it's actually quite beautiful here. Um, but it, okay, did, did you ever hear the phrase, you're going to burn in the fires of hell? That, I'm I'm here. I'm waiting for you all to show up. Um, you're, if you come outside, your face, it just starts to peel off. It's, I don't, it's too much. It's too much. Um, so, but beautiful. That's that's the, that's the problem. You walk around and you're like, this is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. And if my eyes weren't burnt, I bet it would be even more beautiful. When we when we landed here, um, the I was getting the rental car, and. Uh, yeah, Jody, that's so funny. The weather's mild compared to 120. I we checked. I checked in to get the car, and I said, "Is it always so hot here?" She goes, "Oh, this is the nice season." Yeah, it was 120 last week. It's only 108 now. And I was like, "Saying if it ever got to 120, people in New Jersey would just start crying and just be like, I love you. And if this is our last moment together, I just want you to know you've always meant a lot to me. And I like cake. Like it would just be, it would just be. And then somebody said there is a tram to the top of the mountain that's behind me. And people are like, do you want to take the tram to the top of the mountain? I was like, no. No, I don't. There were, you know, there's a great restaurant up there. And I was like, there's a great restaurant down here. Why would I try to kill myself by going to the top of that mountain? Like, Dina, the tram is beautiful. The trip up the mountain is beautiful. And it rotates the entire time. And I said, oh, like one of those restaurants where you get inside and it rotates so you can see. Like, they have that in Vegas. And they were like, no, the tram rotates. I was like, what? I was like, the tram goes up. They're like, yeah, but it rotates the entire. So are you trying to make people throw up all the time? I don't understand. And it's cold at the top. That's what they said. They're like, you know how you're burning? Your skin's burning off here? I was like, yeah. They were like, up there, it's cold. And by cold, we mean 90. But beautiful. I imagine this is what it's like to date a pretty girl. (laughs) Where you're like, you're just so pretty. But it's hard to be around you. You know what I mean? It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. 
exactly. A tram spin, yeah. Yeah, so. It's been a lot. Uh, you go through all terrains on the tram. Yeah, no. I'm good, you guys. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yesterday was so crazy. Uh, I finished my work here at this beautiful convention center. And then uh, I went to dine with Dina, and it was the most lovely time. Um, you know, each of the dine with Dinas uh, has been so beautiful and lovely because, obviously, the people that come. But um, they always have, like, a different number of people, right? So the one right before this, I had two people in uh, Colorado, uh, and that was our smallest one. And it was beautiful um, because the conversation was just, like, so intimate we bonded uh, in a way that I haven't done uh, with any other Diamond Dinas. Uh, and this one was the biggest one. This one had 35 people. Uh, and again, beautiful um, because of the people that were there. And we, we celebrated my birthday early, which was so lovely. Um, and uh, it was just, it was like a wedding. <laughs> I went to each table and I said, oh, thanks for coming to my wedding birthday. Um, and so it was so fun. And Joey Joe, if you missed it, Joey Joe, <laughs> Joey Joe bought a vase and was drinking out of a vase that he bought from, from a floral shop across the street. And I couldn't stop laughing. Um it was just, it was just so fun. And people, so if you missed it, uh, it was Shannon and Cheryl came, mother and daughter. Cheryl watches the show. They drove eight hours. Uh, she knew that her mom likes the show and that this was the closest we were going to get. So she called work and she was like, listen, I got to take my mom to this dinner with these weird people. Uh, and it's going to be a two day out and two day back. Just the fact that people made this trip it was just amazing. Um, and so many new faces. We haven't had the chance to come out uh, this way for many events. Um, and so it was just really lovely. And Kyle lives here. This is his home base. And he was just playing host to so many people. And uh, so it was just lovely. I saw Brie again and Danette and Don came and Ginny and Joan and Leslie was there and Saul and Susan and uh, Jana and Joan. I think I remember everybody's name. Uh, Alejandra, Betty, Jim, Debbie, Diane. I'm missing somebody at that table. Michelle. Ugh, it's, I'm getting tired now. I'm running out of steam. I can, I can see all their faces. I'm just going to run out. I'll remember them later. Um, did you check out Trixie Hotel? No, but it sounds dirty. Mendy. Mendy was there. Um, so it was just super lovely. Um, you sound like the romper room teacher. I feel like the romper. I, oh, my gosh. So I do roll call because Wendy gives me a list. Um, and I was like, Debbie... I'm going to say Ebby, but I know it's wrong. Abay? I don't know. It's French. No, it's not. Uh, so I say this name. I was like, Debbie, Ebby? <laughs> and, and, and nobody answers. And I was like, well, she's going to get in trouble for not showing up. And then everybody, 
everybody was like, she's here. And I was like, why isn't she saying something? But it's Mooney. But nobody ever reads the rest of ne- her. Everybody's like, her name is Mooney Debbie Carr Ebby. Deb Keb. Deb Eb. And I was like, no, nobody knows that. They're like, it's literally her whole name. I was like, I barely read your first names. I can't. Why does everybody know Trixie Hotel? I don't know. Why is it famous? I don't know. Um, I've never seen you in the dark this early. I know. Um, nobody knows Mooney's real name, but apparently it's Debbie Ebby. I know I'm not saying it right. She's like, I can't believe. She's laying in bed right now. I can't believe she's saying my last name. She's like, don't you remember? It's I'm named after the boat I had. And she gave me this whole thing. I was like, nobody, nobody knows that. She was, Dina, I've told you. I, go, I don't think I care. Uh, I was kidding. A kid. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, it was just super lovely. Um, and uh, she is a four-namer. The hotel is on Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Wait, what? It was renovated by Trixie Mattel? Like, of Mattel? What? There are two Moonies. There's an East Coast and a West Coast Mooney. It's like a rivalry. It's like a gang. Um, But I told them, I said, one day we'll have to get a picture of the two Moonies together. Um, So we'll have to do that. Um, There's a whole show about the renovation of the motel. I've never, never heard it. Um, I I don't watch The Real Housewives, so you have to excuse me. Um, So there are a lot of, the only people that are up here are the people that work here. And they're all doing a great job working and they all walk by and they're like, why are you up? And I'm like, it is like the Crips and the Bloods. I'm going to make them wrestle one day. I see. It's going to be great. Um, so good morning, Anita. Um, anyway. All right. So we have a great guest today that I'm super excited to bring out before we do that. I'm just gonna cut my cake because, uh, yesterday they gave me this beautiful cake. Apparently it's gluten-free, dairy-free and made at some fancy, um, bakery somewhere here in California. Um, yeah, they don't random, usually have a random lady doing a morning show. Oh my gosh, look at it. Oh my gosh. Everybody's like, are you going to eat your cake? It's like, I'll eat it on the morning show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 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 Cass, it's so good. Oh my gosh. All right. Everybody, try to act normal for our guest. Um, it's so yummy, Lonnie. Uh, we're back to cake for breakfast. It's my birthday week. I think we're going to have cake for breakfast every day. Mm-hmm. Breakfast of champions on your birthday. I hope I'm in a good spot for this mountain. Might have to move when the mountain shows up, but hold on a second. Let me look. <laughs> Let me go look for a mountain. That's not anything you say in New Jersey. I don't see it. I'm the only one out here looking for a mountain. No, the sun is definitely rising, but it looks like it's rising from over there. God, I 
I swear there was a mountain. All right, before we bring the guests out, I feel like I feel like I want you guys to, to be situated so you can you're not gonna see the mountain. I can't I can't find the mountain right now, but I want to bring our guest in. Um you're gonna have to eat the whole thing. You can't take the cake with you. They moved it, you guys. There was a mountain here yesterday, and they moved it. And that is not the fault of production. So we're just gonna move on. I feel like a mountain shouldn't be hard to find. It shouldn't. But at six o'clock in the morning, sometimes people lose mountains. Um. So anyway, all right. So um. So I think you're gonna love. Uh, this next guest. I really enjoyed uh, reading the article that she uh, wrote um, not long ago. I believe it was in Huffington Post. And um, it was on the subject of dating. So as you know, uh, with the divorce uh, last year, found myself in the position of uh, being back in the dating game, which I know many of you are, uh, or maybe be considering. Um, but it was definitely daunting. And uh, being uh, at the age of 50, which uh, the author is the same and references it in the article, I'm not giving away anything she hasn't given away. Um, the article was just so interesting because it was specifically to dating uh, older and uh, on dating apps and, you know, it's just so different how people meet. Uh, I'm going to say this is just like a weird conversation to have just in the dark. I wanted to make this conversation even weirder. Let's have this conversation in the dark like it's a secret. Um, uh, but it was so well written and had some really interesting takeaways in it. Uh, and the more that I read about the author, uh, the more interested I was uh, in how she kind of approached the whole topic. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed this topic as much as I did and uh, just the angle that she took on it. And uh, hopefully it sounds like she has a really wonderful group of people uh, in her in her cult as well. We'll have to tell her about ours. But let me first introduce her to you. Her name is Jenny Young. She is a writer and English professor at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. She publishes work of humor, feminism, dating dynamics, and education, and the sprinklers just went on. So you're about to hear that. Her writing can be seen in McSweeney's, Ms. Magazine, The Independent, HuffPost, Education Week, Inside higher education and elsewhere. She wrote a textbook on high school culture using applied rhetoric, critical discourse analysis, a lot of big words this early in the morning, and primary metaphor analysis and methodologies. She's currently applying these same mythologies in a project on digital dating. She has a PhD in rhetoric and discourse studies from Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. She's super awesome and has a certificate in satire writing from the Second City in Chicago. She is the moderator of the Burned Haystack Method Groups on Facebook and Instagram. Please help me welcome Jenny to the show. Let me see. Let me get her up here. Hey, Jenny. <laughs> Now you are, you do have a PhD. Do you go by Dr. Jenny? Do you go by Jenny? How should I talk to you? Jenny. <laughs> Jenny is good. Yeah. Jenny, I'd be, I'd be like, I'm a doctor and you will refer to me only as Dr. Yes. No, no. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining me. I, I'm imagining, are you an East Coast gal? Because it is light where you are. Where are you? I, I am in Northern Wisconsin. So I'm central time zone. So yeah, it's eight, eight o'clock here. 
Oh, that's so nice. I'm so jealous, Jenny. <laughs> so <laughs> early here, but it's so nice to meet you. I read your article and I just thought it was so interesting. It just like hit me right here because of uh, your story about you know, starting to date again at 50. So the article was about dating at 50 and something that you call the haystack method. So I figured I could tell them, but why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody about how the article came about and, and how you came to this method. Sure. So first, thank you for having me on. I'm just really excited to be here. So this will get really nerdy for, for like two minutes and then it, it will get less nerdy, but okay. necessary to explain my approach. So my background, my academic background is in critical discourse analysis, which is really just a fancy way of saying that I know some tricks about how to use words to affect certain goals. And I'll, I'll get to more of that in a minute. I also have a background in forensic linguistics, which is basically using uh, words to solve crime, but specifically to murder. Yeah. yeah, right. And I, yeah, and, and my background is academic, not in, not in law enforcement. Though I did teach this to law enforcement students at one point. But basically, there's some really interesting uh, grammatical cues you can use to figure out if people are lying or telling the truth. And so that's been kind of useful. In the Very useful in dating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there is a, a long history of, of lying in the dating apps. Um, so when I did, you know, end up on the dating apps, which I don't think is anybody's preference at the age of 50. Nobody wants I was, yeah, I mean, they're awful. It's, it's such a disaster. And, and so I thought, how, how can I game this system? <laughs> and, and initially, that, that was my only goal, was really just to save myself time and energy because spending too much time on the apps is, I mean, number one, a waste of time. It's also super demoralizing. So I thought the one thing I really know how to do is use language. And so I just started kind of playing around with it. And then I, I wrote an article a couple of years ago uh, for a publication called Better Humans. And the the title is is something about if you, if you want to meet decent men, you should write a bitchy profile. And... Really? <laughs> Yeah. And the, which, and it worked, by the way. Um, I did meet way more decent men once I started using that tactic. And the response to that article kind of blew me away because I've, I've written about a lot of things that I thought were more serious and more important, but I right. didn't get anything near the response that I did to the bitchy profile article. So then I thought there's an audience for this, yeah. which is not surprising because it's such a shit show if you're yeah. on the apps. I mean, at any age, but I think especially over over 40 or 50 yeah. or 60. Um, so I needed to find a metaphor <laughs> to sort of make my method understandable to everybody else. And that's another thing I use in my academic work a lot is, is metaphors and analogies to explain things. So as I explained in the article... And I, I honestly was just kind of fooling around at this point, kind of brainstorming with myself. I mean, I was literally sitting, you know, in my room by myself, probably really early in the morning. And I Googled, how do you find a needle in a haystack? Mm -hmm. Like in real life. And, and the answer is that you burn the haystack to the ground. 
because then you, the needle's just there, right? Because it's metal and metal doesn't burn. And I thought, wow, that is a lot more efficient than like picking every little piece of hay. And so that started percolating in my mind. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that might be the key. And what was really intriguing to me about that idea is that it's kind of the opposite of all the advice given to women. If, because I was going to say, they say, lean into it, you know, take the time, go through, yes. use your filters and you're going to find, and you're like, just blow it up. Exactly. Be, because I mean, we're all going to die before we get through that haystack. I mean, I'm, I'm a realist. <laughs> and, and that's what I was finding. And all the advice that like, if you Google, you know, how, how do I do well on a dating app? You, you run into two major pieces of advice. And the one is to be as appealing as possible to as many men as possible. And the other one is to give everybody a chance. And I think you should do the exact opposite of both those things. I think you should try to appeal to a very narrow crowd and you should give almost no one a chance. And so that's I love everything about you, Jenny. Like it's my turn in the morning. I'm barely awake, but I love everything about you. Go ahead. Keep talking. Thank you. So, so anyway, I, I started applying that in, in my own life and I made a set of rules. I have three rules for setting up a profile and 10 rules for managing a profile. And the, the management is way more important because men don't really read profiles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like we think they do. So we spend all this time crafting these beautiful profiles. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's scads of research suggesting that like men don't read profiles. They're not ready. They're like, this looks like girl. I date girl. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I go through and like everyone and copy and paste the same like, <laughs> hey, you're a gorgeous message to everyone. Right, so, right, right. Like, it doesn't really pay off to, to engage with all of that. Um so the 10 rules for management are way more important. So I started applying these myself and it changed everything immediately. And I, I wrote a couple articles um, initially, uh, one in the, in the British Independent, and then more recently, the, the one that you referenced in Huffington Post. Yeah. And I'm a feminist academic, so I feel a moral imperative to... Mm-hmm share anything I know and any privileges I might have with other women and specifically to do that for free. Cause there's tons of like dating coaches and bait and switch operations Who out there. Who's doing that? Who's doing a dating coach that I would never a do A lot that. of people, a lot of people are paying for the, I mean, a lot, a lot of people are paying a lot of money for these services and I'm not even, I mean, that's a way to make a living. I don't, I'm not necessarily disparaging that. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted a free, openly accessible platform. So I started the Facebook group, which now has 11,500 members, which is kind of a lot to manage for a Facebook group. But it's a really awesome group. And it's become sort of crowdsourced. And we have all like women and non-binary folks from all different careers and professions who can weigh in on various aspects of this process. And it's... It's changed. It's definitely changed the trajectory of my career, but it's also changed my life. So I'm really excited about it. I'm not sure where it's going to go from here, but a lot's happening, like being on your show. And um, here it's we amazing. are. Yeah. It's amazing. And so um, 
So in Jenny's article, she kind of breaks down how she started on the dating apps and obviously it wasn't going well and, you know, hit every hurdle that all of us have tried, you know, hit. Um, oh, everybody's saying, what's the name of your Facebook group so people can find you? Just search Burned Haystack Dating Method. Um, and so, um, yeah, the Facebook name. And so in the article, she kind of takes you through, I thought it was so interesting because you said, um, you know, we don't, we don't talk to everybody. And there are certain, there were certain rules that you had for whether or not you'll even answer someone. Like if somebody said, Hey, gorgeous, you're not answering them. Right. Like it's just, it's not, it's not on, it's not on the table. Um, the other thing is that you talked about how important it was that if somebody wasn't meeting the metrics or the, you know, these rules that you had set up that you blocked them, you didn't just ignore them. Tell everybody why you felt it was important to not, not just ignore, but to block. Yeah. So I think this is one of the, the key. Um, I think this is one of the most effective things about the method. And it took me a little while to catch on to this, too, because I thought of blocking as like, that's how you report bad behavior or, or dangerous behavior or scammers or whatever. But what I realized is that if you don't block, if you just, you know, swipe or X out or say no or wh whatever the app is, you're going to see those people again because all the apps recycle matches and especially like for someone like me, Northern Wisconsin is not a population dense area for any reason. Um, it's, it's beautiful here right now, but the winters are tough. And, yeah. and so what happens is the apps don't want to not send you any matches. So even if you've said no, they just start recycling and it's such a waste of time. I mean, for one thing, you don't want to see the same faces over and over again that you already know you don't want to engage with, but also a lot of those people you're going to have forgotten. And then you're like wasting your time twice. Right. So, Rule number four of burn haystack method is block to burn. And if you block people, the apps can't show them to you again. Mm -hmm. And every single, I've tested a lot of the apps and every single one I've found has a mechanism to block without reporting. So you're like, there's options where it'll say, you know, just not for me. So you're not hurting these guys by blocking them. You're right. just refining your own search. And the other thing that does is force the algorithms to show you somebody new right. because the algorithms don't work. They don't work. I mean, there's a lot of research on the algorithms and anybody on a dating app knows they don't, mm -hmm. they don't abide by your parameters. And, you know, you get those messages that are like, here's your 98% match. And you look at that person and you're immediately horrified because you'd never even talk to that person in the grocery store, let right. alone bought on a date with them. Yeah. So yeah. Rely on the algorithms. We have to kind of take a little more control. Yeah. And you know what I thought is so interesting? And so I was on the dating apps and like you, I, I was on five at, at that time because I was like, I don't, I hadn't gone on a date in 24 years. So it was all really new to me. And I, um, figure, and, and it seems like each of them kind of had a different personality in general. And so I was like, all right, I'm not sure where I belong. And, um, what was I saying? Hold on. It's five 30 in the morning, Jenny. Uh, I'm tired. But, um, so I, I tried a, a bunch of them and, um, I met a lovely fellow who I'm dating now, but I honestly went on a bunch of dates that were awful. Mm -hmm. Um, and same thing. I feel like people, I don't know that we all have the degree background that you have. So it's not like I could scientifically say, here are the 10 things I was doing, but I think innately I was doing some things. Yeah. Um, and I met a lovely fellow. And so, 
like I remember being in those moments where it was awful and I was like, I'm never doing this again. I feel like there's that cycle, right? Where you go and it's, and you're like, I'm never doing this again. I'm fine being alone. I'm just accepting it. I'm not going to do it. And then a couple of weeks will go by and you're like, I don't really know how else to meet anybody. So you start all over again, right? And it's exhausting and it's demoralizing and all of the things you said. And so um, I do find myself you know, meeting couples who are saying like, oh, we're married now. We met on an app. And you do hear these really lovely success stories. And the guy I'm dating is from the app. And um, and I feel like I want to encourage people to keep trying. But, you know, there's so many people on here who have done it and are saying the same thing. They haven't really had much success. But I also think that the rules that you're saying about on the app even if you're not internet dating, they're just good rules in general. Like the idea of blocking somebody, right? I mean, even, you know, 20 years ago when we were on regular dates, uh, you know, there's probably a bunch of guys I should have just never talked to again (laughs) and just completely taken out of my life. Or I really just listened to the words that they were saying. I'm like, these are not nice words and I probably shouldn't go out with you again. Like, it's just interesting that rules that we probably had in real life 20 years ago, you know, you're putting them in a, in a frame of reference now that is applicable to what's on the table. Um, because like you're saying, like maybe in Wisconsin, like maybe this isn't your bubble. Maybe, maybe 30 minutes outside of Wisconsin is your bubble. And, you know, what are the chances you're going to meet that person at the supermarket when they're 30 miles away? But, you know, maybe on the app, it, the, the chances are higher. So, um yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great. So can you talk about and did we hit all of the other 10? Like, what are some of your favorite rules that you think that women should keep in mind? Yeah. OK, so I'm pulling up a document so I can get this right. Um, so you, you've already touched on some of them, but I, I think rule number one is one of the most important for what you just said, which is there's this. um cycle that everybody gets trapped into where you you try it and it like consumes your whole life until you feel so depressed you can't stand it anymore and you shut down everything right and then like three months later you're back so one thing bird haystack tries to do is is create a scenario in which the dating apps move to the side or the the background of your life and and then you don't have to like constantly quit and start again so rule number one is the app is a tool it's not a game and it's not a place to live. And the analogy I use for that is to think of it like a toothbrush. Like most people use, brush their teeth twice a day in the morning and in the evening. And the rest of the day, you don't carry your toothbrush around with you at work and like look at it and pet it, and, you know, right. See how it's doing. If it's see if maybe it's done something new, right. In the last half hour. Um, so you have to like switch your mindset about what it is. So, I, and, and if you're only spending, you know, whatever, 10 minutes a day total, then it, it can't take over your life. So that's, that's rule number one. Mm-hmm. Rule number two is focus on messaging and not scrolling and swiping because the messaging is where the real information is. Like, like I said before, there are a lot of men who go through and like every, you know, like every single woman, every, every match, and then send like a, co- a canned copied and pasted message. I don't even look at those. If somebody sends me a message, that's when I'm interested. And I actually, I have an infographic 
which I, I could share with you somehow if, if you wanted to share it with your audience. That's like the hierarchy of dating app messages. It's almost like a choose your own adventure. Like if you get this, yes, go to the next level. If he responds like this, go to the next level. If this happens, black, you're done. Go back to the beginning. And it's very like methodical and it's based on all these like word analysis methods that I use. And, and that's really where you want to spend your time because that's the only thing that's going to lead to a long-term monogamous partnership, which is what Burned Haystack is all about. I realize people use dating apps for all kinds of things. I'm not interested in any of those things. Like my not the hookup. This is not to help you find a hookup. This is yeah, not to, right. this is to find a quality person that you can see yourself with long-term. That's really right. nice. Now so somebody nice. said a lot of men or people send fake or misleading information in their messages. And they know that if you get this, do that. I don't know what that means, Renee. I'm going to try to understand what that means. Um, all right. What's your, what's your next? Okay. Next rule is um, block to burn. Oh no, I'm sorry. Next rule is no notifications. Absolutely. Don't get notifications from your dating apps on your phone. That'll make you crazy. That's the toothbrush. You'll be It'll like, oh, you, yeah, it's the toothbrush. It's a super okay. annoying toothbrush. It's like the most, you know, nobody wants a toothbrush coming to life. Um, so yeah, just get rid. I I don't even put the apps on my phones. I treat dating apps like a work function, like email that I process twice a day. Now, Hinge is the one that I've tried that you, is there is no um, computer option. You have to have it on your phone. Uh, but the all the other ones I've tried do have you know like a, a desktop laptop version, and right. that's the only, that's the only one I use. Okay, so no notifications. Um, next rule is block to burn, which we already talked about. Right. Uh, number five is super important. It was originally called no fighting with men, but I'm trying to be more gender inclusive, so now it's just no fighting on the apps, okay. and that is really really hard and takes a lot of self discipline because people say really horrifying things and you feel like you need to put them in their place. Um, the other thing women tell me a lot is, well, I just, I wanted to help this guy. So I like, I wasn't going to date him, but I wanted to give him some tips so he'd do better on the apps and don't give him tips. Let him reveal himself. You're, you're putting other women in a more vulnerable position. If you, I don't understand. What do you mean? They're trying to Give, I don't like, know. Like he said this and it was wrong. So I wanted to set him yeah. straight. Like, right. oh, yeah. Or I gave him advice on his pictures. Like, don't do any of that. I, I yeah. think there's, and this is going to sound woo woo and I'm not a woo woo person, but okay. I do kind of believe there's an energy exchange in the universe. And if you're spending any of your precious time and energy fighting with someone you wouldn't date or like <laughs> them in some way, that's energy you could be spending yeah. Enjoying time with someone else. Yeah. Or, or anything else in your life, right? It doesn't even have to be like just anything more productive. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's really important. Uh, rule number six is don't be a pen pal. There's a lot of men just looking for texting pals. Um, if, if an exchange doesn't lead to a real life meeting within a, a, a I'm, I'm super bitchy about this. I mean, I, I give it like, 48 hours at the most. Yeah. And if it's, if it's not moving in that direction and there's no, you know, reason people go out of town, people who have busy lives and, you know, if that's the case, that'll come up. But if it seems like it's just kind of going on and not developing, I, I just black and, and, and yeah, yeah, well, that was interesting. I remember somebody saying to me, 
Um, don't spend a month talking to somebody okay. like people are either interested in meeting or not meeting. Um, and there are some people that said, you know, I talked to somebody for a month and I kept saying, do you want to meet? Do you want to meet? And people are like, I don't ever have any interest in meeting. And you're like, well, then I have no interest in talking to you. Like right. there's just that, you know, like you're saying, we're, we're either I'm here because I'd like to meet somebody that's a right. quality person. And I think that that was also what was interesting as how you talked about it. Um, you said this is about meeting quality people. This is yeah. not about meeting, you know, oh, this is a good Friday night, somebody to keep me busy. Like we're looking for quality people. And it was so interesting that there linguistically were these cues that you say that, you know, you see these words, you see these actions, these lead to quality people. And I just thought that that was really valuable because I feel like there hasn't really been a lot of rules about these other right. than have great pictures and yeah, right. you know, I think that there's a certain power that women are taking back by these rules. So I just, and again, I don't even think that it just applies to these apps. I think, you know, in real life, if you're yes. calling somebody that you've been friends with and they're not calling back, be like, if you don't, you know, I'm a big believer. Like if somebody wants to show up for something, they're going to be there. And if they don't want to, then that's a clue. And you've got to hear that and feel that and move on. You know, they're good. All right, keep going. What are the next? All right. Next rule is, and and this one, people have different feelings about this. Uh, Number seven, set your geography, but don't share your location. Now, some of the apps, there's no way to disable that. But what happens is if if you're on a location sharing app, you're going to get swarmed with people who look like great partners, like on a Saturday when there's a golf outing in your town, right? But those guys are just passing through. Now, is there the off chance that one of them is your soulmate and you will meet and live happily ever after? I guess so. I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, anything's possible. But I, I think that people who are meeting based purely on location generally have a different goal in mind than a long-term monogamous partnership. So I don't pay too much attention to the like passers, passers through town. Um, All right. Number eight, this one's complicated and it takes some, a little bit of research, but I have all those research materials on Facebook and in my link tree on Instagram. Um, No ludic looping. So the ludic loop l-u-d-i-c is a video gaming pattern in which you enter this narrative that never goes anywhere it never progresses there's no character development but it's really addictive and this is based on uh, neurological science and dopamine hits in the brain it's intentionally built into dating apps so don't beat yourself up for getting hooked into a dating app. All that means is that you have a neurologically typical wiring system. What, so what do you, how does that look to me as a consumer on the app? What do you mean? It looks like you pick up your phone and you're laying in bed at night, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and nothing's happening, but you just keep doing it until you've wasted three hours and you're even more upset than you were before you picked it up. So it's like the addiction that we all have to Twitter or Instagram or. Yeah, but more personal on a dating app, because what what they found is that 
when when people are in love, when they meet someone they connect with, that spikes dopamine in the brain and serotonin mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, what they've found is that just the anticipation of it, even in the absence of an actual connection, also mm-hmm. has a dopamine effect. So if you're, if you're scrolling, you're, 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 it's like a drug hit. It becomes more and more addictive. And that's the ludic loop. And you have to intentionally break it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's deep. And do you think that there's some part of that that's also like... Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's similar on Facebook or Instagram if somebody posts a picture and it gets a lot of likes and yes. people get to kind of addicted to, oh, I must yeah. be doing something right because I'm getting a lot of like, but it's all right. not real. It's like, right. You know, I'm, I would never come outside and be like, guys, look at this cake I made. How many of you like it? Like you're never, yeah. you're never overtly doing it, but it just right. happens. It's part of that system. That's interesting. That is. Yeah. So that, yeah. I think that's an important one. Um, all right, we're almost done. Number nine is no men who can't plan the date. I know. I get a lot of pushback on this. I love that. <laughs> right. So let me defend it in a feminist okay. sense. I, I don't even need you to defend it, but you go ahead. <laughs> well, what I, what I hear a lot is, wait a minute, it's 2023. I don't have to sit back and wait for a man to plan a date. Okay, and I agree. Like in a purely ideological sense, I totally agree with that. And if we lived in a world in which labor and compensation for that labor were equitable, I would not care who planned the date. Mm -hmm. We're not, I mean, we're, we're like depressingly far from that world. And if you look at, especially if we start talking about emotional and domestic labor, women are still carrying the lion's share of it. Mm-hmm. So sitting back and waiting to see if a man can plan a date gives you a lot of information about his ability to do other things in that sphere. And that doesn't mean that you should have no say or that it shouldn't be a collaborative effort. Right. But what women tell me over and over again is that they get messages that are like, hey, we should meet up. And the woman says, yes, I'd love that. Okay. And then that's the end of it, right? And like, that's a bad sign. That guy's probably not going to be a great long-term partner. So as much as I am a feminist who can get very wrapped up in like purely ideological acts, mm-hmm. I'm also very pragmatic. And I care less about feminism. And, or I care less about feminist ideology right. than I do about the very real life manifestations. Yeah. Practical. Of yeah, that give you real information about real life. So, right. And I think that one of the best parts of feminism is it's not saying that we have to be first, but we should be equal. Right. And I think yeah. that that's what's awesome about what you're saying is I don't need you to plan every date. But right. in this early in the process, if you're not planning any of them, that's telling right. me. And, you know, I don't want the one day that you plan something to be like, oh, this is so amazing. Like, it should be what you're bringing to the table. All the right. Time. Yeah. And it's not about a contest to see who can plan the de- best date or anything like that. It, it's yeah. just a test. It's a rhetorical test to see, is this going to be a collaborative partnership or not? Like, does it have the potential to be there? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, to, like next. And um, I think it's funny too, because I feel like in general, women in general, we always have that need to care for people. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that all of us, uh, should be yearning towards is to 
you know, find people where that's reciprocated, you know, even in friendships that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to call and check on you. You're going to call and check on me. And that's why it's a, it's a good relationship. So I think it's great. All right. Number 10, this All is right. so great. Go ahead. <laughs> number 10 is to treat the dating app process like a job search and not a takeout order. All of the apps are programmed to deliver immediate results. And you can make them do that. I mean, a guy will show up to have sex with you. Like, it just will. Like, that's how it works. However, but but you have to, like, kind of extend that metaphor because, you know, what your, your Uber Eats order from Taco Bell is going to be over in 20 minutes and you're going to feel shitty. So translate that to the dating apps and and realize that that's not really a good way to use them. So if you think about this in terms of a job search, if you were searching for a job that was like a career job, which obviously is going to have a big impact on your life, Mm -hmm. it would take a lot of time to craft your resume. You would write cover letters. You would, you know, send it out to whatever places made sense. And then you would accept that it, you know, it might take six months. It might take a year before Mm -hmm. you find that good fit for yourself, but you're willing to do that because it's going to affect your whole life, right? And your well-being and everything else. And I I think people should treat dating apps the same way. And I had the greatest comment in the Facebook group a few days ago where a a woman said she she had burned her haystack down to nothing. And this happens if you do it right. And the app will say, there are no more matches in your area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filters, right? And she said, and I love this, don't expand your filters, expand your pace, expand your patience. Mm-hmm. Don't expand your filters, expand your patience. And she said she ignored that message. She sat back and waited. And within a couple of days, she met her partner. And mm-hmm. she said, I might not have seen him right just because of the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. He would have been lumped in with a whole bunch of other people. Right. Or mm-hmm. or he, he wouldn't have been presented to her at all. Uh-huh. So there is, you do have to be patient and you have to approach this like in a very strategic controlled yeah. way. Yeah. And the same could be said too, in real life. I feel like, you know, even if you're not on the dating app and you're just meeting people, but you're dating all the wrong people and the right person is coming by, but you're so wrapped up with the wrong person. You're yeah. not even noticing the people that are right in front of you that are good for you and are good matches for you. So Again, I think I think that I still think that there are a lot of people who are really nervous about Internet dating. I think there are a lot of people that have this idea that if you're doing it, that there's something wrong with you, that you can't figure it out on your own. And I just don't look at it that way. I I think, uh, you know, you find people that, you know, your circles would have never crossed any other way. And so um, I, I think that, you know, when you do meet people that have met quality people uh, through this process. There is that that whole, you got to, you know, kiss some frogs. And I feel like your method is a great way to say, you don't have to kiss all the frogs. You can kiss right. less frogs right? Uh, and, and get to somebody that's a quality person for you uh, sooner. So it's so great. Well, I want to thank you so much. I, I, I hope that this has led to good outcomes for you, but it seems like it's help, you're helping so many people and have created such an amazing community. I'm definitely going to check it out. 
Well, thank you. Uh, so you'll see me on on your community very soon, and hey, yeah, hopefully, hopefully some of these other people as well that follow us because I do think it's uh it's you know I and it's funny because we have a lot of people who are like, listen, I stopped dating, I stopped looking for a person a long time ago, and I'm much happier. And I'm like, I get that, and I'm yeah. all for that. But I'm saying that you know if there's a time that you would consider, you know, hey, maybe I should try it. I think that. I feel better saying that by knowing that I can say, here's a, a scientist who's put so much time and energy into saying, if you're going to try it, there are some rules and quality ways that you can find somebody where, like you're saying, you're not in your this all the time, but it gives you an opportunity to meet people because without it, Jenny, I'm like, where would you find people. I feel like all of us, especially with the pandemic, a lot more people are working at home. So you don't have a lot of those social circles. Maybe you're getting older. And again, like I have my girlfriends. I love my girlfriends. I'm not looking for 10 more million new girlfriends, you know, yeah, I have my people. I'm good. And so I just think that just by the nature of whether we're aging or we've just moved or we're working from home, that those social circles are smaller. Um, And so, you know, why not take a chance and maybe meet somebody that and you said in the article that you had met somebody and for lots of reasons that didn't need to go into it didn't work out, but he's still a great friend of yours. And I think that that's another really great thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and to your earlier point, the big surprise of Burnt Haystack Method for me, because I was really just trying to game the apps. I was, you know, it was very much in research remote. The the big surprise is every single day I get messages from women saying, I just started doing this. I haven't even met anyone yet, but I almost don't care because I'm so much happier and I feel so much more at peace. And I know I'm not the crazy one and I have all these new friends to talk about this with. And that's, you know, become more interesting to me too in you know in a human way and also in in an academic way so uh, there are a lot of women in the group who who aren't even currently dating but are just maybe thinking about it or interested in how rhetoric can be used to create a healthy life so you've you've mentioned several times translations to real life which i have a whole series on instagram about translate it to real life that's how you kind of no, should I continue this interaction or not? But I, I think that's a really powerful trick. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I appreciate that you kept going to that metric. It's really important. Well, it's so funny that, uh, you know, a scientist and a comedian have created these little cult-like communities. Uh, we have a huge community here and, and ours hasn't ever I've talked about dating because it's kind of where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But our community really came together during the pandemic. And it's a community of women, uh, mostly women. We have some fantastic men here as well, but mostly women um, who really come together just to support each other in life. And it's really been so beautiful. And you, you really see like, well, last night we had dinner and there were 35 people from all over the West coast that came together. A lot of them had never met before. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just yeah. there's such a camaraderie. I think that I think that I don't know if it, the pandemic made it more obvious that we all needed to connect more. But I think that that was the other thing about what you're creating is that 
you know, I, I do, I feel very blessed that I've had the life of comedy and mm -hmm. it has brought people together in a funny way. And it sounds like, you know, your, your interest and your success with science and tapping into something that you just wanted to do on your own has really just brought women together in a great way as well. So, um, so you have a lot of fans here. So oh, thank, you. thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, if you stumble upon any other great info, let us know. We'd love to have you back. You're just a pleasure to talk to. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And it's Burned Haystack, everybody. That's my, my thing. So you can find Jenny at burnedhaystackdating.com. And uh, I'll have Michelle give you the link uh, to some more of Jenny's writings as well. But thank you so much, Jenny. And I will thank definitely you. be checking. And we'll see you soon. Thanks All so right. much. Thank you. Bye-bye. She was so good, right? <gasps> Gosh, listen, I know that that was like probably real specific to people who may or may not be in uh, the dating realm. Um, but I also think that a lot of what she said um, is just good advice for whether it's friends or work or uh, partners. I think that, you know, that idea of uh, if you are in any type of relationship and you're not feeling um, appreciated or having somebody being reciprocated in terms of attention or messaging or love, any of those things that, uh, you know, maybe blocking is a good idea. We block on an app, but maybe in life we have to say, you know what, this is not a quality person for me. Um, and I think that that's that's not something all, any of us are told, right? I feel like a lot of us are told like, no, you should always try to make things work. You should always try to work it out. Maybe they were having a bad day. I feel like we make excuses for a lot of people, excuses for a lot of behavior. Um, and at some point, you know, I, I love connecting with people, but I've also learned that sometimes certain connections are not good for me. And uh, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a bold move to say, you know what, I feel like I just need to move on from this. So um, so whether or not you're on the app, uh, I think is inconsequential. I think just know that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, there are some guidelines that I think are good that I don't think that a lot of us talk about. Uh, just, uh, you know, being able to you know, move forward for yourself in a good, positive way. So uh, I just want to thank Jenny so much. And thanks, Michelle, for finding her. I tell you, I find these articles and then I just send a picture to Michelle to go find this person. I love everything about what they're talking about. Um, so hopefully you had some good to take away from that today. Uh, I have, maybe we found a mountain. Let me see. I can't believe it's so early in the morning. I can't believe I can't find this mountain. I think it's behind this building, you guys. Hold on. Let's go in the exit. It's so beautiful here. Uh, oh, I found the mountain. I want you to see it because it's so beautiful. Oh, look how nice it is. It's so funny. Michelle was on with me this morning. Oh, it's so lovely. And I had to go in to find a fork for my cake. I was like, Michelle, watch my computer. And, but she was live. Like, she could see me. She was Dita. You said to watch your computer. And I was like, what am I going to do if somebody takes it? I'm just going to look at me like, I can see you. I can see you taking this computer. It's so funny. Are you ready? Because it's so beautiful. Here we go. Ready? Oh, 
Look how pretty it is. Oh, it's tilted. Okay, look. Look how beautiful. It's so lovely here. That's an orange mountain. And here's what's so crazy. I don't know that you can tell. So when we were in when we were in Colorado and you would see a mountain, there would be like foliage like up to here and then it was bald. It was like an old man. But here, they're all bald on the bottom and there's only foliage on the top. I don't understand mountains. Um, but it just whatever. It's just beautiful. Look how nice. And you couldn't see it earlier, so I wanted to. I know, girl, I'm going to be in that pool. i got to put my bathing suit on. It was so funny because it said pool hours, like 8 to 8. And I was like, I am down here at 6 o'clock in the morning. They'll be like, ma'am, you got to get out of the pool. It's nighttime. I'm back, girl. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, so uh, I hope this was helpful. I hope you had a good time today. I think Jenny was awesome and it sounds like she has a great community. Um, and it sounds like her community is not just about dating. So even if you're like, that's not my jam. Um, it sounds like it's just a, a great kind of crowdsourcing community for women. And, you know, we are all about it. So, um, if that's something that you'd like to join, uh, I think I'm going to pop in myself and just kind of see, uh, what it's like uh, to be in a cult. I've only been the leader of one. <laughs> so, um, but she, saw, she is. She is super fascinating. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, any time where it's a community of, of women coming together to just kind of learn from each other and connect, I think is a great thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, even if you're not dating, then... Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you can, you know, somebody who is, and, uh, I encourage all of you to continue here connecting with each other. And if there's some part of you that was like, maybe a little nervous about getting out and trying to date again, uh, hopefully, um, uh, you know, it's inspired you to maybe try again, but with these, uh, different, rules set up for yourself. So, um, so that's it, everybody. We had a, a great morning and I had my cake and it's a, a great week, but, um, I hope, uh, like, like Judy says, I hope you can do something nice for yourself or for others. And, um, Michelle keeps telling me to take off tomorrow, but I don't know. We'll see where I am. Um, I'll probably pop in. I'll probably be eating cake. Let's not, let's not lie. Um, but uh, have a great day and a blessed day. And I thank you all for joining me, especially the people on the West Coast. They have a special place in my heart now. This is, I, I know your pain of getting up at 530 in the morning. Um, but have a great day, everybody. And I appreciate you watching as always. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, probably tomorrow, probably late. Um, but I look forward to it. So have a great day and a blessed day, everybody. And I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's morning show, make sure to follow us for more One Funny Mother content. Okay, alright, Morse code is tapping. And check out OneFunnyMotherStore.com for great, new, inappropriate swag. And for more exclusive content, consider becoming a supporter. She got a bad leg! Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on One Funny Morning. Boop, boop. <laughs>